Hello, and welcome to the first of our Confirmation podcast. I am Pastor Matt. We're going to do something a little bit differently this year for Confirmation. We are changing the program slightly. We are only going to do 16 sessions total, and we're kind of looking at doing these on a monthly basis. At the beginning of each month or sometime during the month, before sort of the in-person class, I will produce a podcast or maybe even a video, and it will be relatively short, but the expectation will then be that those of you in confirmation have listened to the podcast before coming to class, and there will also be a brief reading assignment to be done before class as well. In most cases, that reading assignment is about four pages, maybe five if you were to look up all the biblical records. So it will be relatively short. And then we will meet once a month, either in person or possibly if it works out for schedules, or that's the only way to do it because of schedules, uh, online using Zoom or some similar type of platform. We are changing the confirmation program up in part because of our shared ministry opportunity. For me as pastor, doing the service out at Hope early on Sunday morning and then coming here for the 10 o'clock service means it is virtually impossible to participate in the actual confirmation class. And so to get some time and to sort of highlight some of the things that I find important in the material that we are covering, thought that doing a podcast or a short video that could be watched at home or even on the way to the church on a Sunday morning would be the best way to go about confirmation process. So that's why we are adding this component to confirmation. The second component, the actual kind of homework part, which I know is new, and if you have siblings who have already gone through confirmation, they didn't have homework, is to sort of encourage a deeper engagement with the material that we have. One of the drawbacks to doing confirmation uh, weekly on a Sunday morning is attendance was not always Not everybody was always able to attend every single session, but then there was essentially no time for being able to go deeper into the material. We were usually covering kind of what was just in the course, as opposed to being able to have some time to kind of reflect and think about that and then have conversation around some of the material. And we were just learning it on those Sunday morning classes, as opposed to having that deeper interaction with some of the material. So there will be homework. As I said, in most cases, it is relatively short. It shouldn't take you that long. And you do have an entire month to finish that particular homework. If you were at confirmation camp this past summer, you'd be familiar with the kind of writing style. There we went through Dan Erlander's Baptized We Live. This time around, we're using a little bit longer booklet because it's going to be broken up over 16 sessions as opposed to the four of Confirmation Camp, but also by Daniel Ehrenlander. And the book is called Manna and Mercy, and the subtitle is A Brief History of God's Unfolding Promise to Mend the Universe, the entire universe. And Dan Erlander was a pastor at Pacific Lutheran University. He was their campus pastor. And I also had the opportunity before I went to seminary, and in many ways, he was one of the reasons why I ended up going to seminary, to meet Dan Erlander. It was this book, Manna and Mercy, 
that kind of introduced me for the first time to sort of a comprehensive understanding of the Bible. Through my confirmation in Sunday school, I had oftentimes sort of seen and conceived of the Bible as sort of two separate documents. You had the Old Testament and you had the New Testament. And as a Christian, I liked the New Testament a lot better than I liked the Old Testament. It was Dan Erlander who really for the first time was able to kind of bring those two testaments together. So I was able to see in a way that I hadn't before sort of the inclusiveness or the comprehensiveness and the continuation of both the Old and the New Testament, that they really do belong together. And that is part of what I'm hoping will happen during this class and by going through his book, Manna and Mercy, because it was his book that did that, for all of you as well, that we'll begin to kind of see that the Old and New Testament really are telling the same story. And that is the story of God mending the entire universe, or God's promise to mend the entire universe. And it's okay if you don't understand what that means at this point, because we'll get into that in more depth as the course goes on. But essentially, we are looking at not just what God has done for us in the past, but also what God is doing in and through each and every one of us, and specifically the church. And I think in many ways, Dan Erlander's Men at Mercy helps us to see those things as well. As we get into the book itself, there are a couple of things that I wanted to sort of introduce before we read that first chapter. He does have an introduction on Roman numeral 5 and Roman numeral 6 in the book, and you're more than happy to read that. Or, it, yes, for some people, that it, they need to read the introduction before reading the rest of the book. Uh, the introduction oftentimes sort of gives an outline of what is to come next and also maybe discuss some of the main themes or the goals that the author hopes to accomplish. For others of you, the introduction is less important, and you can just kind of begin with chapter one. So the introduction is, at this point, completely optional, but feel free to refer to it as well. But a couple of things just to sort of point out as we do get into it, especially if you didn't read the introduction, is he does use some different language. For example, he will oftentimes talk about Yahweh. Now, I know many of you probably recognize that Yahweh is, in fact, sort of God's name. But just in case you had forgotten that, or maybe you heard it at some point but weren't exactly sure, Yahweh is sort of God's name, or at least what we think God's name is. We're not exactly sure how to pronounce it for a variety of reasons, which we can discuss at one of our in-person classes. But essentially, we will use, following Dan Erlander, Yahweh as God's name. And you might ask where that comes from. And that really comes from the third chapter of Exodus, which I have here, and I will read it briefly. But Moses said to God, If I now come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they are going to ask me, What's this God's name? What am I supposed to say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. So say to the Israelites, 
I am has sent me to you. God continued, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, or Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, Abraham, God, Isaac's God, Jacob's God, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how all generations will remember me. Go and get Israel's elders together and say to them, The Lord, again, or Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, has appeared to me. The Lord, Yahweh, said, I've been paying close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. I've decided to take you away from the harassment in Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, a land full of milk and honey. They will accept what you say to them. Then you and Israel's elders will go to Egypt's king and say to him, Yahweh, the Hebrews' God, has met with us. So now let us go on a three-day journey into the desert so that we can offer our sacrifices to Yahweh, our God. However, I know that Egypt's king won't let you go unless he's forced to do so. So I'll use my strength and heat Egypt with dramatic displays of my power. After that, he will let you go. That was Exodus 3, 13-20. And that's actually from the Common English Bible, the Bible that all of you have, that we gave you a copy of. And if you were to look up this passage, you would notice that it has the Lord, and there's multiple times. Every time that I kind of said the Lord or Yahweh, where I kind of paused and said or Yahweh, that is because the English translation translates it as Lord in all capitalized letters. The word behind that particular translation is actually Yahweh. By the end of the passage, I was just replacing Yahweh for the Lord. And it is here in this third chapter of Exodus that we get God's name. It is a name that is associated with one of the defining events of the entire Bible, the liberation of the slaves from Egyptian slavery. And we will get to talk more about that particular story in a couple of weeks, or in a couple of months, I should say. But essentially, the name and the event are intricately linked and connected here in Exodus. And that tells us something about who God is. That what God is doing in this world is bringing life in places where there is continued oppression, where there's continued enslavement. In this case, God uses and works with Moses to bring that about, and Aaron as well. But it is with this event that God's name is associated, the beginning of that relationship. And that is part of sort of the lens through which we read the Bible. Dan Erlander has some a note on that on Roman numeral 6 in the book as well. Uh, it, as he specifically reads the Bible through sort of the lens of Jesus. And we are going to follow him on that, or in that, we'll see exactly what he means by that kind of as we go through the remainder of the book. But essentially all of us, when we come to the Bible, 
come at it from a particular perspective. And that perspective is what Dan Erlander refers to as sort of the lenses or the glasses through which we read. My lens leans a little bit heavier towards the story of liberation of Egypt, of the slaves from Egypt. Dan also does that, but I think focuses on uh, reading the Old Testament through sort of the lens of Jesus. Both have a lot in common, as we will see as we kind of go through the rest of the book. If you don't have a book, please get a hold of Amy. I know she has been trying to get those into your hands. So if you don't have it yet, uh, please get a hold of her. If you are not one of our confirmation youth, you are more than welcome to join us on this journey through Manna and Mercy. And you can find the, the booklet that we're using, Manna and Mercy by Dan Erlander, at Augsburg's Fortress website. And it's just augsburgfortress.org. I'm sure you can also find it on Amazon. But it has been my experience with some of these kinds of materials. It's actually a little bit cheaper on the actual Augsburg Fortress site, but use whatever you would like uh, to obtain a copy. And for now, I hope you have a good rest of the day and week, and we'll see you next time.